How's it going, everybody? We are back for another Faithful Dialogues. I'm Austin, and I'm here with my buddy Ryan, and good morning, everybody on YouTube, Twitch, Kick, and X. We're having a little bit of a problem with Facebook this morning, but if you're hearing us on one of our podcasting services that you like to listen to us on and you'd like to see us live, you can come and see us on YouTube Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X, but we were having a little bit of trouble with Facebook this morning. If you have any disagreements or want to chime in on the conversation, you can text us. We have a text line at 833-262-6431. If you have any disagreements, once again, that is 833-262-6431. And if you want us to pray for anything that you've got going on in your life or you just want to chat with us, that's another that's a good place for you to send those comments. Um, subscribe and comment and like our one of our YouTube videos, or even this one if you see it, and we will enter you into the Apostles Attic t-shirt giveaway. And we're gonna um, um we make Christ-centered clothing um at Apostles Attic, and if you want, we could also make a faithful dialogues shirt for you so you can rep our our um, podcast that we're doing to show some love there. And um, if you win, we can um, work with you on what you'd like on your shirt and you, you can choose your design. Totally cool. Just make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment um, one of our YouTube videos. And so, um, all right. So my name is Austin. Um, I'm here on Faithful Dialogues. I do um, Christ-centered clothing. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel that um, because of my life stuff going on right now, I'm really, really busy, but I'm in the in the near future hoping to get that up and running. It's um, MHTY official on YouTube, and so you can check that out. I've got like a couple of videos, um, and it's just me kind of getting the channel like started. So, all right, and then um, I'm here with my buddy Ryan. Hey everybody, my name is Ryan. I'm uh, I also have another channel. Uh, it's called AIIW. You can find that over at AIIW.org. And yeah, I've been putting out a lot of content over there. God's been blessing me, and uh, just recently reached a thousand subscribers over on YouTube. So go check that Ooh. out. I'm gonna be making a push to try to get my watch time up so that I can get monetized over there. So uh, yeah, just be praying for me. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited that uh, God's been using my stuff to, to reach some people. Uh, it's really cool to see different videos that I've made start getting some, like, legitimate, you know, views. Uh, some of them are getting 10, 20,000 views, a couple hundred thousand on some other platforms. It's it's really rocking and rolling over there. So go check that out. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's what I got. Alrighty, so we are going to move on into the gospel message. And so the, me and Ryan are here um, on Faithful Dialogues to spread God's word and to spread the gospel. And this, the gospel essentially is the good news that God did something about our sin. So, And it's the good news of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to nutshell it, and this is something that I've been wanting to do. Just kind of, um, I have a little um, dialogue here for the the gospel. So the gospel is the, the good news of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. God created everything and everyone, and the devil deceived mankind into sin and effectively rebellion against God. Hell was reserved for the devil and his defectors, which are demons, formerly angels, and unfortunately, because the devil knows this, he seeks to take as many souls with him on his way out. And I'm sure you've heard of Jesus dying on the cross, so I want to explain what that means. God is spirit, and he created the whole universe, but when mankind fell by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he decided to save all that would believe in him. And so you can find that in Genesis if you want to read that story. Um, so God entered his creation by laying down his glory and becoming one of us. When God did this, he was born as the chosen one, the Messiah in Hebrew or the Christ in Greek. And God said he would send a suffering savior to redeem us from our sin, which ended up being him in human form. So Jesus Christ is God in the flesh or God incarnate. God performed a miracle by placing himself in a virgin who was Mary. I'm sure you've heard of that name. Um, he lived the perfect life without sin and willingly laid his life down as a sacrifice for all mankind, for all that would believe in him. 
And it is written in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this means that if you repent of your sin or turn away from it and put your faith in Jesus Christ, that God will let you enter his heavenly kingdom, you know, because essentially your soul exists eternally forever and ever, and your life and decisions here determines where that eternal soul will spend its eternity. It's either going to spend that eternity in the presence of God, which is heaven, for all that want him and believe in him, or it's going to spend that eternity in the absence of God, which is hell, for all that do not want him and put their faith in anything else but him. So to sum up everything I've said, if you turn from your sin and repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will go to heaven and exist there for all of eternity. And my buddy Ryan also has a message that he wants to say. Yeah, so for everybody that's already a Christian, we're really glad that you're here. We we have a lot of stuff for you here as well. And what we want to do here is train you up. Uh, you are a priest, according to Revelation 1.6. We have been made kings and priests of God the Father. And so because of that, that brings me and Austin here spreading the gospel message to you guys. And we want to train Christians up to be able to go and do that themselves. I, I'm really passionate about working with churches and starting groups of people inside those churches to cut up their pastor sermons and, and put that out there for the rest of the world to see. I think that Christians need to be out spreading the gospel message in any way that you feel led to, to spread it, but especially online. I think that's kind of the most effective way that most people can spread the gospel. Uh, I, you know, I'll admit that I'm rather timid talking about it in person, or at least I used to be. Uh, but put me in front of a camera and a microphone, and I can tell you the gospel all day long. And and <laughs> by the grace of God, I've reached millions of people with that message, uh, which is just you know not ever not something I'd ever thought that I would say. <laughs> uh, but again, because of of the goodness of God and the power of His message, you know it's it's able to get out there and reach the people that that He wants it to reach. So uh, I just want to encourage everybody to to go out and to spread the gospel, however you feel led to spread it. All right, so um, we are going to, um, oh yeah, so Ryan, what, uh, the next thing I have on here was to talk about the, the fullness of the Gentiles and Jesus' return. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so there is a Bible verse that says uh, the fullness of the Gentiles. Uh, let me look that up right now. Um. And so uh, that's Romans 11.25. It says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own uh, opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so what that's saying is, uh, this is Paul, he's writing it in Romans, and what, what he is saying is that essentially the, uh, the Jewish people have had a a blindness that God has put upon them as a punishment for their disobedience and for them not recognizing Jesus as the Christ. And so what that means is that us Gentiles, we can come to Christ uh, while, they're, while they have this blindness on them. And so once the fullness of the Gentiles, which is a specific number of Christians, once the, the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, then that blindness is going to be lifted from Israel and they're going to be able to see Jesus as their Savior and as their Messiah. And so uh, I believe that that ties into end times and into uh, a period that we're going to be, I believe we're very close to. I'm not going to put a date or a time on it. There, there, no one knows exactly the hour or the day. But uh, I believe that we're very close to having the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And I think it's every Christian's responsibility to uh, further that as much as they possibly can. So, like I said, once all those Gentiles have been saved, then the Jews will be able to come to Christ. And uh, what we see in the end times, and this is a lot of different Bible verses. I'm a pre-mill, pre-trib uh, believer personally, and so I'm going to be speaking from that perspective. If you're post-mill or ah-mill, uh, I welcome you to look into it and, and you know challenge me on it. I'd love to see some questions about that. But basically, my belief is that once... The, the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, we will then get raptured, and we'll start seeing uh, what happens in that seven-year period of the end times with the Antichrist, and then ultimately at the end of that seven years, we're going to see the uh, Jewish people 
all all of the ones that remain come back to Christ or come to Christ, not back, but come to Christ and uh, come to faith in Him. Yeah. Um, so, do you kind of think that with all this um, conflict in the Middle East, that um, somebody's going to step forward and 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 bring about that peace in the way that they explain that the Antichrist will do? Uh, I think it's possible. Look, uh, no one knows exactly what the future is going to hold except for God. So I'm not, again, I'm not making any claims that we are currently in the end times, but just with what we've been seeing over in Israel, with uh, all of the turmoil over there, you know, every other day there's a news story about uh, Iran shooting down an American plane or, you know, yeah, something, you know, something crazy going on over there that could lead to an escalation. And so if this does escalate, if if other nations start attacking Israel, I believe Israel is going to use that as a uh, rather legitimate excuse to go and take over the Temple Mount. If they do that, then we're real we're getting real close because I believe that they're going to start building their temple and everything else is going to just kind of flow from there. Okay. Uh so right. that's that that's why what's going on over in Israel is such an important thing especially for Christians. We should we should be aware of what's going on. But we all, uh, but also we shouldn't expect that you know Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. Uh, we we don't know. Oh, okay. So I I just want to be very clear in that I am not making any kind of it's going to happen on this specific date predictions. No way. <laughs> too many too many people have gotten into to traps doing that. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible though, right? Couldn't he come back like right now or even tomorrow? Yes, uh, there is nothing that would prevent, uh, the only thing that is preventing Jesus from coming back in my eschatological view, which is just a big fancy word for beliefs on the end times, my uh, eschatology says that the only thing that needs to happen is that fullness of the Gentiles coming in. And so the second that the last Christian is saved, I believe at that point, Jesus Christ can come back at any moment. Okay. Uh, whether or not he comes back right that second, I don't know. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like. What, you know, what that, uh, we don't, there isn't a worldwide sign that all Christians are going to get once the fullness of the Gentiles has come in specifically. We won't necessarily know as far as I understand. Okay. But again, I really, I, I hope that people who disagree with me or are a little confused by what I'm saying please, please, please uh, reach out to us. I'd love to have more of a discussion on this. And, and you know, maybe I'll change my mind or you'll change yours. Uh, I'm open to either way. Whatever whatever is scriptural and biblical, that's that's my standard. You know, it's not... So, a, so when Jesus comes back, are you... Let's say the moment he comes back, are you able to be saved when Jesus comes back? So there's a few different beliefs on that. My belief... So they're... they're so uh, let's just look at it. Jesus comes back. He's going to come down in the clouds. We're all going to, as Christians, we're going to be harpazoed, which is a, uh, uh, a Hebrew term that means to be snatched up. We're going to be caught up into the clouds with Jesus. So the first time Jesus comes back, he's not actually going to set foot on the earth. What's going to happen is he's going to come down in the clouds. We're going to go meet him. And then we're going to be up in heaven watching everything from from there. Uh, and so at that point, once all the Christians have been raptured, then uh, it's going to be a much more difficult for you to be saved. So there's not going to be good examples of Christians out there. The Holy Spirit isn't necessarily going to be poured out on people that believe. Uh, so what we see is before the Christians, before the church age, before Jesus Christ came, not every believer in God had the Holy Spirit. Okay. There were very few people that had the Holy Spirit and my understanding is uh, the only ones that I can think of that had the Holy Spirit are kings of Israel. And so they were led by the Holy Spirit. They had the Spirit of God indwelling in them. But the average Jewish person didn't at that time, even though they were believers in God and doing everything, even if they were believers in God and doing everything properly. Uh, so my belief and my understanding is that once the church leaves, the Holy Spirit won't be poured out on believers and so it's going to make it very difficult to be a believer in god during the tribulation and so you know the the best thing to do is to get saved now and believe in jesus christ now but i do believe that there will be a certain group of people that will be saved during the tribulation and so uh 
I believe that there's some people that think that no one's going to be saved in that time period. So th those are the two basic beliefs. Uh, do you have any other questions on that? No, just a comment to our audience that uh, if you haven't gotten right with God by now, I really suggest that you do. Yep. So that you are, that you're saved, that you're, that you can go just, to heaven and yeah. <laughs> just, just pray this, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's, <laughs> that's Mark nine twenty four. It's a, it's a really beautiful story. And uh, I, I recommend you go look it up. So uh, like I said, uh, I believe that you will be able to get saved during the rapture or after the rapture, I should say, but it's not going to be an easy road. It's going to be it's going to be real crazy. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a certain portion of time that's really good and it's going to seem like everything's going really well. And so that's going to be a hindrance to people getting saved. And then once it starts getting really bad, it's you know, you might die and, it, you know, it, it might be too late. There's going to be a lot of really horrible things that happen. Is that like when Christians are essentially or believers are getting murdered for their faith? Um, I don't know that there is necessarily a specific reference to believers being murdered for their faith in the end times. I I don't know. You could be right, but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, All you know. Right. So yeah. Cool. Let's go ahead and move on to our Proverbs reading. All right, we're doing Proverbs first. Let me. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Let me get that scene set up real quick. All right, so we are going to be reading from Proverbs using the ESV translation, and Proverbs is a book of instructions and wisdom and and uh, guidance from King Solomon, and um, it's just it really speaks true even to today. Um, it might be in kind of an old language or an old way of speaking, but all of the information there is really, um, it still holds true even today. So I would encourage people to go and read Proverbs um, if you haven't, just so it enlightens you and gives you wisdom and, and discernment. And um, I, yeah. I, would, I would say that Proverbs is probably the only book that has wisdom both for believers and unbelievers. I think that there are unbelievers that actually get some benefit out of reading Proverbs just because the general instructions and wisdom are good. But again, you should be saved. You should believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation. Uh, but like I said, I would highly recommend that everybody go and read. Uh, what a lot of people do is there's, I think, 30 or 31 chapters of Proverbs. And so they'll read one chapter a day. So like if it's the first, they'll read chapter one. If it's the second, they'll read chapter two. And so uh, if you feel led right. to, that's probably a good way to do it. I did that for a little while, a couple months, read it a few times. Uh, some people literally do it every day of their life for the, the rest of, for the however long they're alive. So I, I, I recommend it. It's a good book. All right. Uh, do you want to read it or do you want me to? Um, I, I'll read it. Okay. And we'll have you do uh, the, the Gospel of John. Um, Sounds good. Just really quick, everybody. Um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a lot of what reoccurs in this book. And basically just um, have reverence and respect for the things that God says and obey them. And um, you will, that's the beginning of wisdom. You will become wise if you uh, revere and respect and obey the things that God says in his word. Amen. All right. So uh, we're, let's see, you're doing Proverbs 5, Proverbs chapter 5, 7 through 14. All right. And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. And I think this is talking about, what is this talking about? The forbidden woman, the the woman that's trying to seduce you and to commit adultery with her. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so, and now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed. And you will say, How I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. And so that was Proverbs chapter 5, 7 through 14. 
And is this kind of saying like the consequences of of sleeping with the forbidden woman or just committing adultery or just um, uh, sleeping with a seductive woman like think bad things happen to you or like what's kind of what's what's the message here that we should be taking away from this? So I think that there's a few different levels that we should uh, take away from this. One is kind of the the more um, explicit message, which is, you know, stay away from from women that are going to mess you up. <laughs> Uh, which is a good good suggestion for men. Same with women. Women also stay away from other women that are going to mess you up. But uh, um, it, I, I think this is more talking about uh, other things besides just specifically a woman. I, I think that a lot of times sin is uh, is kind of described as a, a woman because it is enticing in a similar way to a woman's beauty, if that makes sense. And so okay. sometimes you'll see in Proverbs, it's talking, so it says, Oh, now sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength. So I, I think what this is talking about is there's, there's sins that are going to sap you of all of those things. Also a, a horrible woman would as well. So I think it's kind of on both levels talking about stay away from things that are dangerous to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay um is is essentially the message and while that sounds uh you know obvious there you know again it's only obvious because we've had these documents for you know three or four thousand years and it's been baked into our culture to listen to and respect these ideas uh but again you know as as our culture goes and strays farther from the truth and from the the word of god we need to be uh we need to go and remind ourselves of these eternal truths that you can get real messed up when you're doing the things you're not supposed to do. Yeah. It's a, when you're because like the, the guy says how I, in this passage, the, it says how I hated discipline in my heart, despised reproof. You know, that's what, as, as people, we should be looking for God to discipline us. We should be looking for God to, to help us to change our sinful ways. Right. And so we should be open to God. Uh, I, I, again, it's not like punishment, but like he what, what God does to Christians is he he tries to use the circumstances that we're in to push us towards where he wants us to be. And so, you know, it it's not always the case, but if things are going wrong, a lot of times it's because of the the things that you've done and the and the and the things that you the one of the concepts in the Bible is uh reaping and sowing. So you're going to reap what you sow. So if you go and you sow seeds for destruction, you're going to reap destruction. If you go and you sow seeds for life, you're going to reap life. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you, uh, what is it? If you, if you sow seeds to the flesh, you reap corruption. If you sow seeds to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. Amen. Yeah, exactly. So that's overall what the entire Pro book of Proverbs is saying. I think specifically this uh, little section's talking about, you know, you need to look for people to correct you. You need to look for people to discipline you in godly ways. And so that's one of the reasons why you're supposed to go to a, you're supposed to go to church. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we're called to do as Christians. Uh, yeah, so. Okay. All right. So, let's see. All right, so now we're going to move on. Wait, I was going to, I was basically going to say that sin is enticing and it, se and it seems to almost product, um, how would I put this? It's, it's enticing and it seems to almost promise um, satisfaction, but that's like the farthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. It might be temporarily satisfying, but ultimately that stuff is just going to leave you more or less depressed and yearning for something that you thought you were going to get from your sins. And it, honestly, it's just going to like, um, what is it at the end of your life? You grow when your flesh and body are consumed. The ba basically it's just going to leave you in a state where you thought you were going to get something out of it and you just got pain and death back. So that's yep. why fear of the Lord and respecting what he says and obeying him is actually the beginning of wisdom. And you're going to, like you said, reap, um, if you sow seeds to the, the, the spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. 
And so God, God made us and programmed us guys. So mm-hmm. if we follow the way he programmed us to receive life and life more abundantly, then we're, that's what we're going to get when we obey him. But he also programmed us to uh, ha- not our, our bodies, our minds, our spirits to, to suffer when we sin. So there's, you know, we, we, we follow his instructions. We're going to have good things because he's telling us good things. We don't follow his instruction. We're going to get bad things because he told us not to do those things. And so you can ultimately live a life of rebellion, but you're going to, you're going to feel it and it's going to mm-hmm. hurt. So. Yeah. And I, and I think that uh, thir- uh, verses 13 and 14, it says, I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ears to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. And so, you know, that's talking about what you're saying is that if you don't listen to God, you're going to be ruined at the end of your life. Yeah. And you're going to I I feel like you're just going to basically be depressed and have a huge void in your heart and in your soul. And it's going to be because you didn't listen to God. Well, uh, ultimately, I don't think I think there's plenty of people who are evil and doing just the worst, most despicable things that that go to sleep just fine every night. But the problem is that when they die and when they face their creator, they are going to be sent to hell. And so they will be suffering eternally there because not, you know, a lot of people want to think that, you know, there's some kind of like karma where bad things are happen to bad people and they're going to feel bad about the bad things that they're doing. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think there's plenty of bad people that feel completely fine and justified in the bad things that they're doing. But ultimately, when they have to, you know, face God, they're going to be utterly and completely, uh, you know, just sent off and, and, and sent as far away from him as they could possibly be. And they will be suffering for eternity because of that. That's the, I think that's really the utter ruin that, uh, that this is talking wow. about. I see. Okay. I, you know, I just don't want people to get the idea that Christianity teaches that, you know, cause you know, just think about all the billionaires that aren't Christians, right? A lot of the most successful people uh, give the least amount of credit to God. And so, you know, as Christians, especially the early Christians, you know, they were getting lit up as torches in Nero's garden. You know, is is that a good thing for for humans? No, you don't want to be burned to death. And so, but, you know, what's going to happen for eternity is those people are going to get a special reward from God for being martyrs and for holding fast to the faith. And so you'll be you'll spend eternity with an extra special reward that God will give you for going through those things. Whereas I believe that the people that do more wrong are going to face more punishment and more pain in hell, the more wrong and bad that they do. So there's going to be you think you don't think they're all going to be in one big cesspool together. Do you think it's going to be levels of uh, punishment? So I, I don't know if it'll be levels, and I, and I don't know. My my belief is that you're going to be basically completely alone. I don't think you're going to be able to necessarily communicate with other people or have you know some kind of a group that you're part of. I, I think that hell is complete separation from God and from everyone else, and that's why it's so terrible. Uh, but I, I, I believe that that's where God really meets out his punishment. Here on earth, you can, you, you can sin all you want. You can do whatever you want. You might be prosperous. You might not. But ultimately, God's going to rectify everything in eternity. And, and for those that choose to follow him and, and his son who he sent, believe in his, uh, in his resurrection, those people are going to get an eternity of, of bliss and of complete and utter happiness with Jesus and, and with God and with the entire congregation of the faithful and those that don't, they're going to spend eternity in hell suffering. And so that's where, that's where everything gets righted. All the wrongs get corrected and and you get rewarded for doing the right things. I used to be of the opinion that uh, in hell, everyone got the same punishment and in heaven, everyone got the same reward, but you go and you read the Bible and that just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. There's so many places where it says that, you're going to get extra, you know, you get certain crowns for doing certain things that you get to have in heaven and cast before God. And then, uh, you know, it, it talks about how there's more punishment for, so like Jesus, uh, when he's talking about people that harm little children, he said it's going to be worse for them uh, than if they had had a millstone tied around their neck and they they get, you know, uh, 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 pushed off of a ship into the ocean. And so I think that there are 
people that that the worst things you do here, you're going to get more punishment in hell. But the you know the answer is I wouldn't want the least amount of punishment in hell. That sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You'd you'd. you'd <laughs> I was thinking like you'd rather get to heaven on the skin of your teeth than mm-hmm. be the least punished person in hell. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and it's not even close. There's that's light years away from each other as far as you know how much better or worse it is. Yeah. All right, do we want to move over to John 6? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We are reading John 6, 22 through 35. Yep, Uh, and starting at 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So, that, so they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see, you, see and believe you? What, would, what work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Amen. That again ties into John six twenty nine, um, uh, the the whole gospel message essentially. Um, the work that you should be doing um, is to believe in Him who He has sent, and so God wants you to believe in the one He sent, which is Jesus. Ironically, it's Him incarnate, so that's that's what's interesting. So you can believe in God by believing in the one that God sent, which is Jesus Christ, and so that's mm-hmm. the that's the only work God wants you to do. And it's also the only way that you get saved. So it's yep. really interesting. Yep. And, well, and the, and the thing is, having faith isn't even a work. So uh, just lest anyone thinks that there's a work that you can do. Faith is a, a gift of God, but it is something that you choose to have, I believe. So it comes from God, but you could also reject it. You could kind of believe, but reject. Is that yeah. kind of... No, no, I, I don't no. think you can believe and reject. I think if, if you reject, then you're not believing. But it is oh, a gift okay. given to God that we even can have faith. Does that make sense? So it, it talks about how uh, we have faith, uh, but it's not a work lest anyone can boast. So I just wanted to make that clear to everybody. Okay. If that make, does that make sense? So, um... Okay. What is that? That's in, that's in Romans, huh? looking it up right now ephesians 2 8 through 9 for oh wait maybe that's not it no okay yeah uh, ephesians 2 8 through 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast so how are how do you come into that equation if it's a gift from god uh well so let's let's think of your birthday <laughs> so uh somebody gives you a gift it's wrapped all it's all wrapped up and it's sitting on a table so they gave you the gift did you do anything to receive the gift oh no I guess not but in order for you to take advantage of the gift what do you have to do got to open it and receive it you got to open it up and you got to receive it and so while that in this analogy is technically a work in the in the spiritual sense, you're not doing any work to receive that. You're literally just making a free will choice to accept it. Wow. Okay. So, so it's like, 
it's like you know it's oh man so you could know that god is real you could know that jesus is died died for the sins of the world but you could reject that and live your own life and do whatever you want is that kind of what you're saying uh what I, what i'm saying is that if you reject it i feel like you'd reject all of it oh and you it, just it, wouldn't it, believe in it yeah i see but you would the think f- it's false or something exactly but if you accept it then you accept all of it is real but you were only able to do that because god gave you that ability to accept it okay uh, so there are a lot of uh, Calvinists that would say that people don't even have a, an ability to make a choice and that God gives you the present and unwraps it for you. Uh, that's the way I would describe Calvinism <laughs> is that and you don't have a choice whether or not you accept it. God just gave it to you and you're going to be saved no matter what. And there's other people that were predetermined before the foundation of the world to be damned by God. I completely reject that. I, I think that that's an incredibly uh, it, it would make it would, in, in my belief that would almost make God kind of evil that he would make people to be destroyed or that he would make people w- without even the ability to choose for themselves because obviously he made people that were going to be destroyed and I'm okay with that but if he gives us all a free will choice to accept or reject that then I think that's 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 fair that's legitimate but if he just made me so that I have to accept him or he made you so that you have to reject him i i that doesn't that doesn't comport with the the god that i see in the bible that sent his son to die for the world yeah um i've had this conversation with other people and they point to the verse in romans where paul is talking about the clay and the potter you Mm -hmm. know what i'm talking about yeah and so how would you respond to that do you kind of know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking that up. Uh, but yeah, based on while you're doing that, based on Calvinism, it would almost seem like that God twisted Adam and Eve's arms into eating the tree of life, so then He could then twist your arm again into uh, believing in Jesus. And like, do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. kind of what it. That's kind of what it would seem like to me. Uh, so I think what you're referring to is Romans nine twenty to 21, and it says, But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? So what I, my belief on what this says is it's not saying God did this. It's saying even if, you know, even if you had... A, a claim how could the how could you even make this claim but like so uh, that doesn't make sense <laughs> um you we uh we as the 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 pots in this this scenario we don't have a right to question god why did you make me like this okay and the reason we don't have a a an ability to question god why did you make me like this is because God has the power to make from one lump a vessel for honor and another for dishonor. He could have done it that way. I I believe it's saying he could have done it that way. I don't think it's saying he actually did make us to be destroyed or make us to be saved for eternity. Uh, I just think that's a complete, like, based on everything else in the Bible, I would not read this verse that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, but if you pulled it out by itself, then it could seem pretty bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's saying he has the power over clay to do this. That doesn't mean he's done it that way. But when you're like, so let, let's let's think of this as a as a legal argument. So if you're before a, a judge in a court, you don't always necessarily say the thing that is actually what's happening. But you're going to make the claim if this was that way, God. It, basically, it's saying God could have done it this way, and so you don't even have a right to question him over it. He would be right uh, to have done it that way. So we don't even need to have this argument. This argument's completely null and void before we even get into it. You do choose, you do make a choice, but even if you didn't have a choice, it would still be righteous. Okay. Uh, my belief, there's a... Uh, he didn't, but he could, and if he did, it'd be fine. So my, the way that I uh, rectify this 
is that there's a verse that has a chain of events that take place. And it says, uh, it's it, also in Romans, it's Romans 8, 29. It says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among them. And so what, what is God foreknowing in this, in this instance? What I believe he's foreknowing is the choice that we will make. Okay? And so because he foreknew and he knows everything, all, he knows all of eternity at the exact time isn't even a constraint for him. So it's not, there isn't a word I can say. God knows all right now, everything. And so right. he knew what choices we would make. He knew which people would, would make a, a, a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And so those he foreknew, he predestined to be saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what Cal, I don't know what a Calvinist response with this to be. I don't know what they think foreknow means. What did God foreknow in this scenario? My belief is that he foreknew the choices that we would make. And since he foreknew the choices that we would make, he has already planned out and plotted out exactly how we will be saved through Jesus Christ. So that's, that's my belief. Okay. And again, I'm, I want Calvinists to, to, to talk to us and, and to have this discussion. And I'd love to, to, to think of, you know, to think about it with, with you guys online here and, and have a good discussion over it. So. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a couple news stories we can cover real quick. We're already at 1110. So I know that you got to get going here in a little bit. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, dumb crazy week but things are rolling really well with the stuff going on in my life so um praise god for all the things that he's been doing he's been answering a lot of prayers but I, i've also Amen. never had to lean this hard on god before so it's re it's actually pretty interesting things have things have like come to a point of crisis in the last like two months and i'm like freaking out and i'm like praying like really hard god i need your help i need your help like if you don't come through it's not gonna happen like please 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 help me and like it, it's been a lot of answered prayer like he really Amen. has come through so i can see that like god causes trials to happen so that he, he can draw us closer to him and stuff and it yeah. was i i must admit it was very very uncomfortable and it still yep. is, but it's still really beautiful to see him working in my life. Like, man, that's beautiful. Like my heart, man. But <laughs> that's that's well, and and you good. know, it's 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 amazing what what God's done. And can you just imagine going through this without him? Right? Like, you know, oh, I, dude, I'd I'd be in a massive depression. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Praise God that He's good and, and getting you through these uh, these storms in your life, and and I'll keep praying for you, and I'm sure that there's some other people listening that'll pray for you too. Uh, I you know I need some prayer as well. I'm I'm going through some changes here in my life, and uh, yeah. So, all right, do we want to move on to uh, Mike Johnson's and Covenant Eyes first? Let's do the let's do the video clips. Video oh the video clips yes I'm sorry I totally forgot about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no Yes. All right, so All this right. is the first one up is the comedian. Who is this guy? Uh so his name is uh uh I don't actually really know a whole lot about him, but uh what's his it's in the video. <laughs> Pete Holmes. His name is Pete Holmes. I don't think he's a Christian, but uh he makes an incredible case for the existence of God. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Ryan means here. So, I will um all right, let me figure out. Let me play this as soon as it goes, okay? Okay. Oh, somehow... Did, did it all get missed? Okay, so I got to play? Yeah. Oh. It doesn't even show me in the activity. Ugh. Here, here, let me... here. Let me... <laughs> let me... Let me just... Can I end it? And then you start it? Is that... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I'm the... I left the activity. No! No? Sorry. I, I I left it too, so <laughs> we'll get it figured out. There we go. Join. And now do we need to redo everything? Yeah, I gotta add those videos back. Let's see. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Sorry everybody, I know this is just incredible radio and uh <laughs> we'll get it all figured out. Alright. I'm gonna play it right now. Think God created the universe. Some people think nothing created the universe, which is the funniest guess. 
And the nothing people make fun of the God people. They say God doesn't exist. I'm like, okay, maybe. But you know what definitely doesn't exist? <laughs> nothing. That's the <laughs> defining characteristic of nothing, is that it doesn't <laughs> exist. So what are we talking about? Either you think it's God, something you can't see, touch, taste, photograph, and science can't prove, or you think it's nothing, something you can't see, touch, taste, photograph, and science can't prove. But I think we can all agree, if nothing, if your nothing sometimes spontaneously erupts into everything, that's a pretty god magical thing, you guys. And ask, <laughs> ask people, what happens when you die? They'll tell you, nothing. You go into nothing. I'm like, you mean you merge back with your creator? That's heaven, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right? So, it's <laughs> it, it proves really that was a, that was a, this guy's funny actually but yeah. what it kind of shows me is that they are also taking a massive leap of faith because they can't like he said see touch taste smell photograph and science can't prove mm -hmm. and so th this goes back to the whole notion like you got to put your faith in something you can put your faith in science and men or you can put your faith in god and so I'm, you know, I'm rolling the dice on Jesus, guys. So I Amen. hope you do as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not rolling the dice. I, I have so many, so many ways that it's been confirmed to me, uh, you know, just through, through everything that I've been through, through the Bible and the fulfilled prophecy. But it's, it, it <laughs> it's just so funny when you hear it put that way, because I would have never thought to say that. But I know all those facts, right? You go and you, yeah, you know, there we know as a as someone who loves science i know that there's nothing that uh there there is no way for science to talk about anything that happened before the big bang or that exists outside of the universe um you know and i think that was a really good way of communicating that to to people so that's why i cut that up and <laughs> so that got uh, i think that's somewhere around 300,000 views over on instagram and i'm not the only Dang. christian and the the funny thing is, so I cut that up, and then like the next day or two days later, I start seeing a bunch of other Christian channels that cut that up and put that up on their <laughs> on their stuff, and they were getting millions of views. So I wonder. Um, oh, that means that means you're staying ahead of the curve, dude. Good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's 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 nice that I'm I'm starting to actually kind of get into the into the groove there. And yeah. so uh, my some of my most successful videos. Uh, other than that, are Billy Graham videos, and so that's the other one that I have for us to watch. If you've got, uh, if you got that ready for us, I don't. But give me just ten seconds. Um, and so a little bit about this. What I've been trying to do is use uh, AI art to kind of uh, spice up, <laughs> uh, to kind of spice up the videos that I make. And so you'll see Billy Graham up at the top, and then there's some colorful images to to look at down at the bottom. That have kind of okay. a uh, Christian theme to them, so interesting. All right, let's give that a peep in three, two, one. There's the deceitfulness of sin, the awfulness of sin, the treachery of sin. Sin is like a cancer. You may not sense it, you may not feel it, but it's working all the time. And every person here is infected with that disease, and it's terminal, terminal. A desperate, a desperate, desperate, desperate. Remedy must be found. What is the remedy? There's only one remedy for sin, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth from all sin. Amen. Fools make a mock of sin. Yes, you can go on and laugh. You can be disobedient to your parents. You can mock God's standards of sex and marriage and divorce and ethics and social justice and all the rest of it and make fun of the whole thing if you want to. But I want to tell you if I'm the only one left in the whole world, I'm going to accept God's standards. Very cool. I like the Thank music you. in the background too. That was pretty nice. Yeah, that's one of my better videos. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just trying to kind of figure out how I can use... AI and you know a bunch of different stuff to you know spice up the videos and get a few more views out of them. You gotta you gotta have a new image every three seconds or people's <laughs> dopamine. You know <laughs> what they really want is to watch uh, what is that like Subway Surfers or whatever going at the bottom for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's though, funny. I bet there is some uh, um, play to that or some validity to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, those uh, yeah, I see those videos all the time. I might have to try that for one of them. 
<laughs> All right, yeah, that'd, that'd be funny. Um, um just hearing but... uh, it's saved by the blood of Jesus, and this guy is just like running across the screen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's it's been a lot of fun just kind of figuring out how you know, what, what works for different platforms and, and, and just figuring all that stuff out. All right, let's leave the activity. Thank you for the reminder. Right. Perfect. We so got about... Let's go ahead and move on into talking about... Uh, what was his name? Uh, the speaker? Yeah. Uh, the spe We have a new speaker of the house. His name is Mike Johnson. And... Uh, you know, we have a, a article here from Slate.com, which I don't believe is a, a Christian uh, a news site in any way, shape, or form, but uh, it's, it's put this in a faith-based category, and it says Godly Men. And the, the title here is, It Might Seem Humiliating for Mike Johnson to Admit His Son Monitors His Porn Habits. For him, it's quite the opposite. And so I don't know that we necessarily need to read the article too much, but basically what's happened is uh, our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is a devout Christian. Uh, he seems to be a very, very religious man. And um, one of the things that he's done is he has uh, software on his computer and on his uh, different devices that monitors what websites that he goes to. And so the reason he has that is not to, mo is not to keep him from going to those sites. The reason he has that is it's part of an accountability plan that he has with his son and so what he's doing is he's giving his son access to see what he goes what he does online and so in return his son also has this on all of his devices and he can see where his son goes and and that helps to keep him from going to websites that he shouldn't be going to and so i highly respect a, a man that is willing to give up a, a certain level of his own privacy in order to uh, help his son to accept this software on his devices. So what probably they what would probably make a little bit more sense to a secular mind would be that this man just puts that software on his kids' phones and then the kid just has reports all the time. But I, I think that that would breed a whole lot of resentment. You know, if I was a kid and I knew that my dad was watching all of my stuff, but he had zero accountability and he wasn't, you know, doing anything in return, it w it would just breed a whole lot of resentment, in my opinion. And so, you know, I, I massively respect that this man is taking on the... Because there's a huge problem in our society with porn and with, with a lot of different wicked things that we can do online. And that is one way to go about uh, uh, fixing it right now. I think we need to work towards legislation where we need to figure out some way to keep children and anybody under the mm -hmm. age of 18 from seeing adult content of all kinds. Uh, you know, we wouldn't yeah. accept we wouldn't accept a a uh, a, mo a movie rental shop letting kids into the adult section. We'd arrest that guy, but somehow, if it's on the internet, you can let them see the most depraved, debaucherous, evil, wicked things. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's a lot of um, unchecked content that gets that gets um, through the through the pipeline, and what's starting to happen too is just like ideological ads on things like like Hulu and like Netflix and different things like that and then um like everything is taking on like a like a sexual nature I've noticed too it, mm -hmm. it bothers my wife to no end <laughs> yep it, it should bother all of us and uh you know i i hope that we're starting to come around on it it's it's very inspiring that a man like this could be third in line for the presidency with with the convictions that he has so, uh, just be praying Wait. for our country. Yeah. Whatever happened to Nancy Pelosi? Uh, so she, uh, she, they lost control of the house, and she oh. stepped down as, and yeah. I, I, dude, oh my, <laughs> I, I did not know that happened. I've checked yeah. out since Biden became president. <laughs> I did. I don't even want to know. But yeah. So awesome. in in uh, in 2022, there was supposed to be the red the red wave that everybody was talking about. It didn't turn into a red wave, but still Republicans red came trickle. out with... Yeah, that's what they called it, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so Republicans control the House by like eight or ten seats or something like that. And what that means is that we get to choose the Speaker. And so Republican Mike Johnson is the Speaker. Uh, over in the Senate, it's still controlled by the Democrats because it's a 50-50 split. 
which means that the vice president gets to step in and make all of the uh, tie-breaking votes. And since the vice president is a Democrat, that gives the Democrats control of the Senate. And so they control the Senate and the presidency, but not the House. And so actually in the next few days or weeks, uh, we might be coming up to a uh, government shutdown, which I am rooting for. The, the more government shutdown we can get, the better. And there's a lot of people that will say that there's uh, government workers who won't get paid. Uh, that's just not true. That's a complete lie, uh, just so you know. Uh, when the government shuts down, there are credit unions that work specifically with uh, the government workers, federal workers. And what uh, those federal workers can do is they can go and get 0% loans for the exact amount of their paychecks. And then they just pay that back when they start when they get their back pay. Zero percent loans. That's yes. Amazing, yeah. Yes. So federal workers during a government shutdown get zero percent loans from their loan providers, and uh, what they can do, and then what happens when the government starts back up is they all get back paid for all the work that they didn't do, <laughs> so they get a free vacation. So a government oh, wow. shutdown means that government bureaucrats get a paid free vacation, and so I feel uh, we should feel absolutely no sympathy towards people who are going to be 100% taken care of by the system that we have in place. Uh, the, people, the, the people that do get hurt, uh, so the, the, the people that do get hurt are um, uh, the... Uh, yeah, I saw that too. What is I'm that? trying to get rid of that. I don't know what it is. Sorry. Oh, it's our chat. Did we get a chat? I think so. I don't oh, know. This is weird. Okay, I'm hiding it. Sorry. It's probably spam. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely spam. I'm sorry about that, guys. If you saw that, I, I don't know exactly what it <laughs> says. I can't I can't read it, uh, and I don't have a way to, to deal with it at the moment, so uh we'll uh we'll figure that out. But um what was I saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got all all uh What were we talking about? I don't know, that just massively derailed me. Um yeah. Same. Something. Something about. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Government <laughs> shutdown. Yes. Okay. So the government. Sh the only people that are going to get hurt by a government shutdown are government contractors. Uh, so the the contractors, the businesses will will hurt during a government shutdown because they won't get paid, and I'm not sure that they will necessarily get back pay. But for all the actual direct federal employees, they all get a hundred percent of their pay. And they'll get loans for zero percent to cover their pay that they're missing right now. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I'm I'm rooting for a government shutdown. The the longer the government's shut down, the less of my money they can spend. <laughs> that that's oh. my opinion. Sorry, the less of our grandchildren's money they can spend because that's where we're at at this point. Yeah, I was wondering why you were interested in a government shutdown, but that that makes total sense. Well, and my belief, so if you're in high school and you're in a like government class or a civics class or whatever, they're going to measure the effectiveness of Congress based on how many bills that they pass. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, I want to base it on how many bills they repeal. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. the last thing that I want is a Congress that's making a bunch of new laws that's going to cost me money and mess up everything. <laughs> Yeah, and then what does that mean, basically, when you're spending your grandkids' money? Does that mean that you're just going to make it to where they're paying back for the mistakes that we made now? Oh, we're $30 like, trillion dollars in debt. So what does that do to our grandkids? They'll be paying off. So we are spending money in Ukraine and in Israel and all around the globe, just dumping it down the toilet, Okay. And we're running up a tab that all the current politicians are going to be dead in 10, 20 years. And so who's paying it off? Uh, yeah, I guess that would be our, our kids. What does paying it off look like? It looks like them collecting taxes and flushing it down the toilet. Uh... And you not getting any benefits. So what taxes should go towards is beneficial projects, you know, roads and bridges and dams and... You know, it's strengthening our electrical grid and all that stuff. But the reality is that the federal government just takes our tax money and just flushes it down the toilet, going over and spending hundreds of billions of dollars in Ukraine, 
We're going to probably spend hundreds of billions of dollars over in Israel. You know, we, we just have all of this money going every which way except to actually help Americans. And the best way to help Americans would be that we just didn't get taxed in the first place. But would that just bring down the effectiveness of the country in, in general? But I mean, it would put so much money in my pocket if I didn't get taxed, actually, now that I think about it. Mm hmm. Exactly. And so let, let's say that you got taxed a reasonable amount and they didn't send hundreds of billions of dollars out of the United States to people that I, I care about, but they're not my responsibility. Right. So if we weren't doing that and you got taxed less and they actually spent the money that they were taxing you to fix the potholes in the roads, which in, the, in this area, it's insane how many potholes there are. But if they were actually doing that, if they were actually strengthening the electrical grid, if they were actually, you know, protecting our southern border or in our northern border, now it's actually a problem, too. You know, we would there's a lot of things we could do with less money coming in if we weren't spending it every other every in every other country but the United States. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right, we got like three more minutes, or do we want to just end it, kind of end it there, and not go on to a different uh, story? Um, we could probably just end it here and then okay. talk about the there's a there's a euthanasia problem that we want to talk about on the next episode, guys. Yeah, people are basically voluntarily committing suicide with, through assisted suicide with euthanasia. It's horrible. And so. I know Canada has been pushing this and a couple states over here are pushing this. It's so. it's one thing here in the United States where at least you would be allowed to make the choice for yourself. Uh, up in Canada, they're they're starting to really push people to do it without giving them a choice. And that's because they like, have socialized medicine. So you like walk in because you're having some issue with your mental health and then you just don't you just don't walk out of there. They they just hit you with the injection and you're dead or something. I, I don't I don't know exactly how it works or what kind of time frame it is, but they are highly pressuring people to do it because if you're costing the government money and they could not be spending that money, they're going to try to not spend that money. And in Canada's case, it's literally killing you. So, yeah. Uh, Canada you know, is getting to a wacky place, or like it's yeah, horrifying. It's crazy, it's, it's yeah. horrifying. So, uh, one thing uh, people might have heard about is in Ohio, they passed like fifty-six percent to forty-something percent in favor of abortion through all nine months of the pregnancy. Um, but that means right up until moments before the birth. Mm -hmm. huh? Yep. But uh, just like what happened with Prop Eight in California, where back in two thousand eight, Californians voted to define marriage as between a man and a woman in our state constitution, but our liberal courts overturned that and said that we didn't meet the threshold necessary to change the constitution. Uh, it looks like that same thing will be happening in Ohio with their abortion bill. So I just find it satisfying to see them getting messed up by the strategy that they used so, uh, you know, a few decades ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's I gotta love the checks and balances, man. Yep. Yep. And I, and I don't like courts overreaching. Uh, it's probably, but you know, if it's going to save some babies, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, um, how many, what was the number of babies that have been aborted to date? Uh, so worldwide, I didn't know this. The United States has, has aborted about 60 million since Roe was, uh, what, what, uh, happened back in the sixties, but total throughout the entire world, there's about 70 million babies that are killed every single year. Jeez. Yeah. We we are such a, a wicked and, and, and corrupt society. Just as humanity. It's it's. I didn't even know that. I, I had never looked at worldwide numbers. Uh, the numbers here in the United States is there is a 9-11 of baby murder every single day. So about 3,000 babies are aborted every single day. That's wild. Yeah, it's really wild. It's you it's would... horrifying. Yeah, it's it's uh, in crude terms, it's child sacrifice for the sake of prosperity and well and like money and mon and money. Yeah, it's, it's but it's so not you don't it, have to deal with a child. It's exactly. It's not even for money. It's just so you don't have to deal with the child, and so you can continue doing whatever it is you want to do with your life. And it's and the and the insane thing is for every. Uh, for every single child that is born in the United States, there's dozens of families 
that want to adopt that infant. And so the, the mother could carry this baby to term, and even if she doesn't want it, there are people out there that want her child, that want that child, that want to love it and take care of it and, and raise it as, as a loving family. But we're so, so wicked and evil that we don't even want them to be able to, to, to take this infant and, and raise it. We'd rather just kill it. Yeah, that is, that is wild. Yeah, so uh, I wish we didn't have to leave it on such a uh, <laughs> depressing note, but I, I think that's about all the time we have, huh? You know, if you uh, get right with God and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will spend your eternity in heaven forever and ever, and uh, that's where we can leave that. If you Amen. get right with God, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible, read mm-hmm. the New Testament, read you can the Gospels. F- you don't even need to get a physical one anymore. There's, you know, billions of different web pages that have the Bible on them. So just, you know, look it up. I'd use a, a, a translation like ESV or NLT that's easier to understand. And yeah, so. All right. All right, everybody. Thank cool. you for tuning in today. Uh, I hope that you uh, are having a wonderful week and I hope that God blesses you and uh, that he makes his face to shine upon you. Yeah, and that he be gracious and merciful to you and that he soften your heart and mind to the things of his word and his his son, that you would have a hunger and thirst for salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Have a good day. Have a great week. Bye.